And welcome to the Joust. Welcome, Jousters. Back to back. Liam, back to back. How do you feel? Oh, so good. So supported. <laughs> so thoroughly as though my back is to another one's back. Isn't it just? It's a great feeling. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my good friend and also Arnott's Shapes enthusiast, Liam McNeil. <laughs> Love the cheese and bacons. They're my favorite. <laughs> Liam, do you have the sponsors for it this does. week? It does. Excellent corporate tie in there, Nagy. Sponsors for this week are Newcastle's famous tram, which is neither famous nor is it a tram. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> nor is it from Newcastle. <laughs> nor I hear. is it from Newcastle. No, no. the uh, seven dollar fifty, I believe it is, Nagy ham, pineapple, and cheese melt from Eurobar. Twelve dollars p- full portion, seven dollars half portion. I yeah, think. Yeah, that's correct. And the time that an avid listener of the show clogged his toilet, and he had to relieve the cloggage with a kitchen utensil. Yes, I believe it was a butter knife. A butter knife. <laughs> it was only because his uh, attempt to get a coat hanger was foiled by someone else and he tried to keep the whole thing a secret. That must have been a poorly stocked kitchen <laughs> if the longest, pointiest thing was a butter knife. Well, let's just... Did he not have a whisk? Well, he didn't have a brush to... <laughs> he didn't have a brush. <laughs> so, um, no, that's very unfortunate. We won't name that person, but he knows who he is. No, but someone we will name. Of course, Nagy has his tradition. We'd like to offer first sips to the Rostog. Fulmine Bianco. Fulmine. A bit of good news on the Rostog. Yes. It is a fractured back, but it's the best possible scenario. You can have for a fractured back, so they're saying potential round 26 return on your Rossi. That's very good. Hopefully he doesn't come back. I'd like to no, see him yeah. really Give rest. Give him the rest. Give him just, the rest. He's, he's earned it. He's, he's, had earned a, it. he's had a great season. And ladies and gentlemen, while you're on your feet cheering Rostog, we'd ask you to please remain at your feet for the National Anthem of Australia. Oh, uh, apologies for that, guys. Our producer, Elliot, uh, left that on when he went to return some videotapes. Not very, too sure what that's about. Very odd. He's been gone that a while. It is very strange. He's, he's been gone a while. He has been. He and has he was been. wearing a raincoat. I don't know if it doesn't look like rain outside. I don't know, a suit. Yeah. Very strange. Oh, but Nagy, now. Oh, oh, oh. How about the game against the Warriors? <laughs> oh, to, can you just... I, I don't, it was the first time that we're doing this. Uh, we're talking about not just a single win, but now we're talking about... But a, a second col- supplementary win. It supplements <laughs> the first one. A collection of wins. Yeah. If your collection only counted for two I think. it definitely counts <laughs> it's oh it's just tremendous but like, wasn't it a good game like it was, if, you, if you had a collection of testicles <laughs> somewhat yes that's what i call them but yeah no it was a hell of a game Nagy, i guess we'll start mm. where we usually do who have you got for hats off hats off this week uh i gotta go to barney barney's back and he and he strolled in for he was off the nudie and uh and then yes. it was uh then we got the second is he back on the so nudie got put right back on yes, yes. <laughs> short-lived but i want to see that tramp stamp out Getting the sun off its haunches. <laughs> that's <laughs> how it, where you got that. That's how it works, isn't it? If you get yeah. one, you get off the nudie. But if you get the same one and the uh, new, you, back on the nudie, well, it goes. Yeah, it alternates. You get one, you get off the nudie. Nudi- you get the next on, off, on, off, on for every subsequent Cru- try. Cruel it's really system. confusing. Yeah, it's really confusing. What about now, you, Liam? Uh, I've got a Brock Lamb. Now, Brock- again, the maturation and the experience that this kid has taken and has proven to learn from. Hey, it's phenomenal. And to see him playing so well, I mean, he had 19 tackles, which is a lot for a half. Yeah. And I think he, I don't think he missed any, actually. Three line break assists, two try assists, four offloads, but 243 kicking meters, Nagy. Yeah. That's the stat that got me the hardest because he's finally 
putting the right kicks in at the right time at the right point of the field and executing them. It it seems executing. like it seems like a completely different player than what we were talking about three or four weeks it's ago. It's phenomenal the and, turnaround. And it wasn't just again against the dogs, like that was a real sort of but that was a make or break moment. That was like, was he gonna be Someone that's going to get dropped after that game, uh, have to go back and find his confidence again, come back into first grade. Was it something that we're going to see there, or was he going to actually think, no, look, I'm better than this? And and look, from what he seems to improve in some areas of his game. Um, I think they've talked about. Uh, he said on his own admission that Brandy was just like, look, have a bit more of a sniff around when there's some uh, when there's some breaks being made. And look, you can just see it. He's there. He's around that ball um, instead of giving that pass uh, and making the break like like he did to Lockie Fitzgibbon. Um, he, he's he's poking his head through the line and he's following it up like he did um, for Josh King. Josh Do you King. think Brownie gave him that advice in a cab on the way to King Street? <laughs> yeah. Just give it a sniff, bud. He, he put his arm around him. He goes, bro, <laughs> bro, I know you've had your... You know, look, we won't talk about the dogs game. That's it, Brownie. Give it a sniff. <laughs> have a sniff. Have a sniff around the ball. He's got a gruff voice. He does. That's, after, he, that's after he's had a few long necks. Is that your hat's back on for the week? Brownie's gruff voice? <laughs> <laughs> now, my hat's back on this week. Uh, look, uh, there was a few... Look, not everyone had a perfect game, but a lot of people played out of their skin. I thought... Uh, mine's probably going to be Sammy Stone. Uh, just just for the first 10 minutes that he was on, he didn't come on until the second half. And I was excited to see him back in first grade. Has missed the last few games in first grade. And just two silly penalties that really put us on the back foot when the Warriors were rolling forward and could have taken that game back. Uh, they're the kind of things that we, you know, despite us holding them out and uh, really managing to turn the tide again, those kind of things could have invited them well, that's it. I mean, a better team will grab that opportunity. Yeah, that's exactly take that right. And put points on. If that was the Warriors, oh, not Warriors. If that was the Roosters <laughs> or or the Storm. That's... Well, depending which week, if that was the Warriors, they could do that too. Luckily, we got them on a shit week. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> one they... of many shit weeks they're having. But look, we just looked. We looked confident in our play. We looked. We and we we managed to to keep them what to only one try in each half. I think mm-hmm, it was correct. And it was it was a strong performance. It, we we I think I think especially coming back in that second half when they. When they really put the pressure on us, and they they've done this, they did this to us last year, and they did it to us in, in, in round one. Round one, yep, I yeah. remember it well. I was getting Pete like flashbacks. I yeah, and had the shakes. And it's like they've gone. And you could, I remember looking at the bench at um at when they, they had a shot of the bench right when they had a really good set, and they were they were like, almost like cheering like, oh, we we got them. It was their game to have, but we managed to to really wear them down, absorb all that um, offensive effort, and then start to put our own points on. Uh, and you could just tell we're, we're we're in that grind for longer. We're and it, you know we'll be defending the line, um, get a poor kickoff. We're back defending our line again, and then we as soon as we force their mistake uh, around that halfway mark, you can just see it. We've got them, and sure enough, that's where our points have been coming from. Uh, we you know we're we're break, we're not we're not we're not one of those teams that that keep them down that end and and burn them down. We we chance our hand in the middle of the field and we make breaks and you know we and we saw it twice it twice in the second half and what about Josh King's effort I'm sorry Josh King he was outstanding he was not only to support oh, the play I love seeing a fat bloke running <laughs> to support the play and then uh, be, find himself in open space front rowers don't like open space they no don't he's out of the club I've heard actually <laughs> well, last transmission yeah that's it he was well, probationary period at very least out of the front rowers club out of the front row that kind of play to, to not only be a support player but then to draw the fullback mm. and, and manage to, to give the ball to, to your very own hats off Brock Lamb it was amazing to watch it, and it seems like we can we can we've sort of beginning to produce these players that are capable of doing this um, at all over the fields you know what I mean our props are dynamic our, like Daniel Safidi oh he was amazing I mean he's really stepping up he's, you gotta remember he's still only, only 21 and at 21 he's already the kind of inspirational 
leading by example leader of an NRL forward pack. I mean, albeit it's not the best forward pack in the NRL, but that's still a hell of a thing. He's leading by example, and they're starting to get the runs on the board. He looked the he looked the best uh, best prop on ground. I thought. Oh, easily 152 tackles. 152 tackles. <laughs> Jesus. No, the no. other way around. 152, 152 meters. Yeah. 24 tackles. He, you know, he was running a lot of off the ball lines as well, like mm. we've discussed previously off Barnett off. Matauti as well. So he was doing a hell of a lot of work off the ball. Um, and, you know, he's got a really good rotation policy going on at the moment, but you can just see as he gets older, he's going to get more and more minutes. He's going to get more and more yards in his legs. By the time you're 24, 25, he's going to be unbelievable. He's going to be scary. He's, he's already a scary human. And uh, we also, him making a cover tackle on Roger Tuvasashek last week. That was... I wept when I saw that. It was the yeah. most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Because he, like, he, like, Tuvasashek managed to... Um, Get a get a offload off, and um, we you know we managed to snuff it further down the field. But if Roger had have got a couple more paces away, no one was catching him. Oh, absolutely not. And that's kind of the it, it really shows how the the culture Brownie's got together has it's really paying off. paid paid off there. They're playing for each other. They're you know playing what I mean? for the boys. It's the boys just playing for the boys. <laughs> it's bloody beautiful, and it's a great time to be a Newcastle fan. Now. Isn't it just? Is the the, the 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 world's alive? Did I? Did you? Yeah. Did you give your hats back on before just now? No, I didn't. But what? I don't want to anymore. I'm in such a good mood. Let's talk about the good stuff. All right. All right. Something interesting, Nagy, which I was paying close attention to throughout mm. the game. We've obviously made comparisons to this in the past. The Danny Levi to Isaac Luke similarities there. Levi's, yeah. you know, got a similar game. And it was really interesting watching those two over yeah. the course of the game. And Danny Levi, you know, unbelievable points decision over Luke. He yeah. absolutely out Isaac Luke. Well, they talked about this. On Isaac Luke through that whole game. They talked about this because this is pretty much, these are the two that were in contention for the World Cup uh, mm. nine jersey. And he, there was no comparison, really. Uh, Luke played like you know a, a bag of dicks, and um, and then I was, and hey, mate, don't, don't say bad things about bags of dicks. <laughs> um, but but uh, Danny Levi was this composed, aggressive hooker that was that niggle, quick guy. I love that. I like how we're bringing him on after about twenty five minutes. Yeah, I was look at. I'll be fair. I was a bit hesitant to embrace the Bureau Levi change up because I was such a huge fan of Levi. I was like, hell, yeah. just keep him out there for eighty minutes. But Having seen it the last few games, it's brilliant. I love it. I'm one over Brownie. We can see um, there's a little bit more uh, focus on on his running game because I noticed a couple of times there when they were over on the left side and it was just going through the one and the two, working about you know 20 or 30 out. The nothing sort of uh, when you're in your red zone, you're just trying to hold the ball. Um, I saw there was a few times where Hodko went to went to dummy half and was doing like the first, second, third, and then when it moved back towards the middle of the field and those. You know those pressure um, made it made it important meter um, plays. Then Danny came in with fresh legs, and then he's scooting around, and you can just see him as soon as like he waits, he waits, and he like he's got a he's he got makes a, time. He yeah, and he he waits until he picks his his ruck, and he, as soon as um someone gets on their on their gut and plays it quickly, and you have got one marker that's that's running back around, just trying to get back onside. He's the player you hate to play against because you know that he's going to chase you back onside and you shield you from other players, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 you can just see it. And it started off at the beginning of the season, he was doing this once and twice a game, but now he's just he seems like he's in control and this is coming off the back of great forward work from the Knights the players like Josh King uh, and Danny Safidi like playing well with each other like you know cutting the mistakes out you know like I think I think King made one one drop but but that's just which you think as well he's starting to now play football off the back of a moving a, a 
back of a forward moving pack. That's yeah. the kind of experience that he's going to be going into in the Kiwi camp. Yeah. And so he could be rocketing right into a starting spot because he's already playing really well behind, you know, a momentous pack. Yeah. They slide him right in there. He could be one of the unsung heroes of the World Cup. And like uh, Lockie Fitzgibbon again, we mentioned this earlier. He was doing there was some if you want you want to see a mm. hidden spin into a yes. line. He was hitting, he was spinning, he was ducking, he was but he was moving this That's line it, forward. That combo out on the right hand side with and whoever he had who was supporting outside him? Uh oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um no, what, would it would have right. been Dane at that side? It might have been Dane. Might have been one of the centers. Anyway, someone. It might have been Peter. Um but what I tell you he was running out a lot, Kieran Foran. Mm. And we've missed this since like the Steve Simpson days or the Ben Kennedy days of Playing against the half and playing, a, you know, not only aggressive football uh, in defence, but aggressive football with the ball by targeting the opposite half and just making like Brisbane does this beautifully with Adam Blair, um, but um, just just picking that blend is like that's your bloke. I don't care if you only make seven runs this game, but all seven of them are going to be running at him. And they pressured the hell out of him in defence too. Every time Foran put through a kick, which was a lot, he handled most of the kicking. You had a Newcastle second rower lock center, someone. Someone there. He got leveled one time, but then every other time they, you know, didn't go at him quite as hard, but, you know, harassed him, got in his face. He'd always end up entangled. The pressure on the kickers was was phenomenal. It was outstanding. I don't think, like, if you look at this, you look at the Newcastle side and you think of Brock Liam, had a good good game. You know, Rossi, we had to reshuffle our whole line to, to accommodate the loss of Rossi in the second half. And that came good, you know, that team could have gone to pieces, but they played well for each other. But what. Well, Warriors were doing. Um, you know, they had they had they made some changes at halftime. What the hell were the Warriors doing? Oh, if you can get anything out of that performance, I don't. I'm. What they were, they were looking for, you know, they, there was a few like key moments where two of us could have um, broken the game open, but we snuffed it. Uh, and everything was looking at Kieran Foran, and Kieran Foran were playing was not playing well. Um, but that was the thing. That's their their big signing, especially without Sean Johnson. They were looking to Kieran, and Kieran just just didn't perform. I, don't I thought their young interchange player Nathaniel Roach was good though. The he, hooker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is he Japanese? Potentially. <laughs> is he? Is that what we're talking I, about the same one? No, they. Yeah, no. You might be thinking of Atahingano. I could be thinking. That's of that. a more Japanese. That name. sounds much more Japanese. It does. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna say based on appearance, which was gonna be racist. But no, no, thank no. Thank you for clarifying, Sorry, Maggie. Yeah. No, that's quite but, all right. Though I thought that we might have got him from Japanese, or Laurie's might have got him from Japanese rugby or something. Because no, who was their hooker that they brought on at halftime? The the, from the Warriors, they, yeah, that was a that was him. That's the, him. The, what's his name? Roach. Yeah, he was Roach. he was killing us up Explosive. the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was coming off the back, and that's, well, that's why I thought we could have lost the game, but we didn't. We which is funny because that's the game plan. The Warriors would ideally be playing with Isaac Luke, and yet when he's on, it wasn't existent. Then as soon as he came off, it uh, started happening for oh, him. Isaac Luke played terribly. He look he looks like a player that's I don't know doesn't want to be there. Like they when, when you know Stephen Kearney said they just weren't trying. I think he was pointing that to Isaac Luke. I think he got a fire up at halftime. He got sat on the bench. And then when he came back out, he was trying things, but his, his game, his mind wasn't in the game. He, he dropped the ball in the ruck, and he, you know, he dropped um, uh, Luke Yates on on his head and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that was let us right back in. But hey, we capitalised on that, and we were scoring points all over the game. Mm. Fantastic to see. Okay, now this leads into next week, Nagy. We've got the Eels next week. This is a danger game, Nagy. The Eels have. Oddly hit some form. It's kind of... Five games this, in a row, yeah. Yeah, this Eels team perplexes me. At the start of the year, they were a strange, oddly put-together team. And then, you know, they've just brought in Mitch Moses and it still looks odd and put together. And they're playing unbelievably well. Their forward pack, you don't know who three quarters of them are, but the other quarter, you can't really pronounce their names. And they're just unbelievable. Yeah, it reminds me of a, of a 2005 
this is the Eels, the 2005 Cowboys side. Yeah. A side that was sort of still finding their way with certain halves. Um, and then they had Jonathan Thurston finding form in the same way that sort of Corey Norman's finding form for him. Um, but then they Gutherson at the back, the same way Bowen was finding form. Except Gutherson, well, yeah, he's injured now. Gutherson's injured now, but yes, yeah, similar sort of thing. But um, but when they got they, do you remember that halfback they brought in for um, they got him for Tim for Smith. No, 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 no. Uh, this is the the Cowboys. Oh, I thought we were talking two thousand five Parramatta Eels. Oh, yeah, the Cowboys. I can't his name. I'll, I'll look Robert it up. Robert Louis. No, 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 no. This is way before two thousand five side. Anyway, it was just what they needed. It was a nice structured half that allowed Jonathan Thurston to play his creative game. It's like Matt Shifton or something like that. Oh, I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, wow. Matt Shipway? Ship, no, we'll look it up. We'll look it up at halftime. We'll come or back you, Or listeners, if you know the name, call <laughs> us in. Call into the show and we'll uh, award your prize. Um, but look, it, it reminds me of a side like that. And they, gee, they had some momentum going into two, uh, 2005 finals. And they you know, they shook the shook the whole comp. And the, look, the Parramatta Eels are, are the capable side of doing that. They're... You know they're beating they're beating everyone they they they're scoring lots of points and they're keeping other teams pretty tight. So the, how how can we beat them, Liam? That's a good question. Now who's our stats man this week, Nagy? Who have we got our stats from? Uh, Victor Crumble. Victor Crumble. All right, because we got a couple of really interesting points from Victor Crumble. One player the Knights really got to keep their eye on is Nathan Brown. Have you seen Nathan Brown? Not the coach of no the, the no, different no, different yeah, person yeah, different the player. Coach. Yeah, he's yeah. um he's kind of the classic. Short and fat man rugby league player. It's yeah. brilliant, but he hits like a Mack truck. Yeah. And he's talented. He's he's um leading their offload count. He's got 36 this year. So he's got the ability to really get the hand free, get that second flat phase play going. And with the backs that they've got, you know, Moses and um, Corey Norman in some really red hot form, they're playing in support off his offloads. He's a real danger man. However, he does lead the team with penalties. He's got 14 penalties this oh. year. So I think Nathan Brown, he's one we've really got to work hard on shutting down, which is something the Knights have done well in the last two games. St. George were offloading like crazy, but the Knights pushed in. They got numbers around the ball. They you know, basically fought off the threat of the offload. And I think that's a similar style thing to what they've got to do with this Nathan Brown. You get four in the tackle. You get one off the back supporting, uh, blocking the offload. I think you've got to really jam numbers in on... Nathan Brown, number of their other forwards who can offload. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. And it's a funny thing because uh, just as they're finding success with offloads, the Knights are looking to to like the, like Barney got a bit tap on the shoulder. He said before the game, saying, "Look, just play your running game. Don't worry about looking for that offload each time." Pick, it didn't work too well, did it? Pick the pick the moment. No, no. Well, that's the thing. Like, he's, no, I'm kidding. It worked, like, it worked remarkably, worked remarkably well. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that so, was... No, but it's like you can see Barney. Like, we've been talking about like he's short passing and he's like hit the line and then give and that's come off with some success, but. You know, you look at the big guys that are, that are that are doing well, and that's just focusing on you know head down meters, and that's sort of complementing our game at, um, when we're trying to not not necessarily build pressure, but when we're trying to get ourselves out of trouble. But that really structured completing our sets and allowing us to grubber for the sideline, which it seems to be working. It, it does seem again. to be working, Nagy, and that brings me to my next point. Actually, perfect segue. Look, we've got Sammy Rodrado. He's playing in the back three. He's one of the most destructive runners, arguably rugby league's ever seen. But he is a bit error prone. He's got 23 errors in 20 games. Do we push the ball through on the ground to him? Do we bomb to him? Do we avoid him entirely yeah, and look, kick to the other two? Or do we plug the sidelines? What What do we do? When we're playing a side that's got... You know, you, there's always this key player in every side. You know, there's always this one. Semi. that's that. Even if they're out of form, I think it's semi These damaging like ball runners always wreak havoc with the Knights. Uh, and we got to keep the ball right away from him, starve him from it, make him come off his wing. I don't care, like, but like, keep him out of positional play. I would, I wouldn't be bombing to him. Let's just say that. But it would be good that 
this week we got um which side does he play on I don't know. <laughs> I'll be guessing. I'm pretty sure it's the right side. Because I have a concern with uh, Sammy and Jennings playing together on whichever side they play Jennings on. is another one. Joe but- Wardle has been moved to the centres to cover <sighs> the loss of our fullback, Roscoe, who got injured. Gagai's moved to fullback. Yeah. So I think, I really hope that Wardle isn't marking up on Mick Jennings. Yeah, look, I, I don't mind Wardle in defence. I think he does well, but his, his running game this year has been something to be you know desired. It's... um. Something to be desired. Something to it leaves something to be it desired. It leaves something, not something to be desired. No, it's not something to be. You don't desire. To I don't be desire it. it at all. No. Um, yeah, and but like yeah, that also leaves Kenny Dow back on the wing. Um, welcome back, Kenny, and uh, the Skidmark himself. And uh, look, if we got him against Semi, uh, you know, he's he's been a he's been something of a, of a you know a very positive sign since we've absolutely. So that that could be a very good attacking option. But the best defense is attack. I say put points on Parramatta, and then we're gonna you know we'll that's see. That's all we, we got to do. Score more points at them. That's next week. We can we're, there you we're go. backing our defense through the middle. So, but also I know Brownie's listening. He listens to the show. <laughs> yeah. So that's score our, more points. That's basically our argument, Brownie. S- score more points than the opposition. Hmm. Very simple. Yes, but they must score less than you also. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll uh, look. We've lots to cover on the pointy end. So please stick around for the pointy end. And also, Liam's mail sacks is full as a as a goog. And um, so yeah, please uh, please stick around for the second half. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the second half of the Joust. Uh, now, Liam, we'll jump straight into the pointy end. Oh, huge pointy end this week, ne- weekend, Naggy. I mean, we say that every week, but this one really <laughs> is truly momentous. Now, first things first. West members, you voted, you got out there, 93% of you said yes. Absolutely wonderful result. But the other 7%, I'd like to meet you outside of the garage uh, <laughs> within the next week because I'm going to punch you in the head. Naggy, this is great news. It is, and I'm really glad that I wasn't, uh, I was as a former uh, employee of West Leagues, I was glad that I'm not there because because people wouldn't have just come in and voted, but people would have come in and uh, really given the <laughs> reasons why they're voting a certain <laughs> Election way. Election day bender. Yeah, it would have been like that. And like and the people, then that 7% that said no, there was 13,000 people voted. Great turnout. Uh, it was a great turnout. Um, um, it's probably better than they're going to get for the the postal plebiscite, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, they they you know they would have really let their feelings known why they're voting no and they don't want the club to buy the knights and whatnot. Um, but too bad because there wasn't enough of them to say no. So we got them and um, we're keeping the club in Newcastle. Um, so that's really good, fantastic. All the jazz. That's phenomenal. That- so how does that affect now the club? So what 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 do West do now? Well, West are now obviously uh, at November one. They're going to, uh, which is the end of the current contract with the, the Knights and the NRL, uh, and they'll come in in November one, and uh, they'll they'll be the owners. Uh, they'll they'll do the you know the admin changeover and whatnot, and then you know resign all the contracts, all that sort of red tape mumbo jumbo. The minutia of business. Yes. Now that's great news for Knights fans and for Brownie because CEO of West Rugby League Club today, Phil Gardner, came out and he said. Quite contrary to what previous board members have said, that Nathan Brown is a ten-year coach. He sees him as a ten-year coach of the club. Well, that just shows the kind of like future that um, you know we, we've been sitting in this uncertain sort of um, pool of uh, of questions about you know how we're going to be moving forward, and, and suddenly we've got this backing. But not only a backing by by a person like a Tinkler era one, we got this backing by this this club who's been in the football game for a hundred years. You know, a it, conglomerate, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This very wealthy um, sort of. Um, you know this this system that's already in place of of people that are going to be around and they have the ability and the structure and the infrastructure. You know, 
um, Newcastle already is out of, like admin is already out of one of their clubs so it's going to be I think probably one of the, the best takeovers as far as you're not going to have someone separate completely cleaning shop um, and someone that's already w- within the community and has been a part of that like Phil was part of the initial board and he was on there for two years um, with uh, our good <laughs> good friend of the show, um, Brian McGuigan. Oh, avid listener of the show. G'day, Brian. But also, uh, see you later, Brian, because uh, that, that board's <laughs> been dismantled. Just and leave us a couple of bottles of the 2014 G- Grenache. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but there was also talks of, during the off-season, uh, going to construct uh, a new board of uh, of f- to handle the football operations, if you will. And uh, so you'll probably see some... Uh, probably a representative of the club on that. Uh, we're probably going to be Phil, or it might, that might be a conflict of interest. It might be someone uh, uh, of the existing West board uh, that's going to be carried over, as well as uh, a bunch of the old boys. Uh, I've I've heard of I've heard Matty John's name mentioned, uh, and you can tell lately, like Matty John's obviously a Newcastle boy through and through. Oh, um, he comes through on the show when he talks about the Knights winning. It's just it's a beauty to behold. Honestly, mm. it's just gorgeous to watch. And he's you can tell him he's getting very excited now. So I think he's still got a connection, a very strong connection there. Unlike Andrew, he sort of distanced himself um, from from that whole side of things. But um, so I can see him or someone very much like him, uh, Paul Harrigan, someone that's also been around circles before. Uh, and creating this sort of real that you have this administration and you have the football side of things and they're linked but also they're two very separate bodies to handle the two very separate side of the game very exciting a ten oh, year- it's a phenomenal idea I think that's going to work brilliantly because as as you, you've said separating the football and the business is key uh, Matt Gidley great guy I love him I love that he's part of the club yeah. but as a CEO we need someone with business acumen we need someone a little bit different but now Nagy the pointiest end thing of this that hits me the hardest is all this money West is going to bring in now which yeah. Obviously, you know, has some way in working towards the salary cap, and which has become a big issue well, this week, Nagy. Well, the well the salary cap's a bit of a, a thing. Like the the NRL sets the salary cap and also gives uh, every NRL side um, money for the salary cap. They they sort of set it, but as a sort of like this is your money. Everyone's on an even playing field. Um, and as we we said weeks and weeks ago, how it's much less for 2018 than predicted it was. It was predicted to be to uh, to to make that ten million dollar salary cap that everyone kept talking about. Sorry, <laughs> quite <laughs> right. Relieve myself, um, but now it's going to be nine point one, which a million dollars in the context of an NRL team that's huge. I mean, straight off the bat, depending which end of the spectrum you sign, you could be out of one player, but they're a legend, or you could be out of five players who you know. While most of the time take up a jersey, once you start getting injuries. Well, that's they're important. So that million dollars is actually a lot more than I think a lot of people would imagine. Well, and that's what exactly what's happening, and that's where we're seeing a lot of these signings coming from. These players that are being squeezed out of the because no team's going to give away their market, their marquee player. Like you know what I mean? Like you're not seeing the dogs going, well, all right, I'm not going to sign Kieran Foran anymore, or you're not going to see the Roosters saying, all right, Tedesco, sorry, we offered you all this money, but we can't afford you. It's just that's not the how way clubs work. Marquee players puts bums on seats. They're gonna shred the the fringe players. You know these fringe first graders, and we're starting to see. And like, and Brandy came out this week and said that he hopes that the NRL holds their nerve and says, righto, look, there's eleven clubs. That's over- it. He's calling for the triple M of on a triple M interview. He's calling for the NRL to do the right thing. He says. Yeah, and look, we're, we're one of the eleven clubs that are not over the salary cap for surprise. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. And um, this is where, if look, if this was a true salary cap, and the, the whole purpose of it was to to keep every the, the competition equal, this is the time that um that, you know that we we're going to see that uh, lower teams, teams like the Tigers who are under, teams like the Knights who are under, teams like Saints who aren't doing that well at the moment. These are the ones that are meant to be like you know had to even up you know the the competition so if it's the case we're going to see a, a much more 
you know, competitive uh, comp, you know. It will, year. and I was amazed when Nathan, uh, when Brownie said on that same interview on Grand said, he said he wants to sign five or six players. So there's still, you they're know, a, hunt, a half dozen players still to come to this club who we don't know about, who haven't signed. It might be, a, I don't know if it's, it's just a bit, bit of a marketing tool. It might be that he's like, look, five or six players. So all agents that have been tapped on the shoulder by saying the club, we might not be able to keep you beyond 2018. Start to look a around. Clever ruse, perhaps, Nag. An elaborate ruse. Oh, but one of those players now is reported, the pointy end can exclusively reveal, yeah. to be Adam Blair. We say, we say exclusively as well as... I read it on the internet. <laughs> yeah, as it well was as... exclusive to that internet. Yeah, that, that particular internet page. Um, what look, do you think about Adam Blair? Now, Adam Blair plays... like if you, We can remember Adam Blair, very successful forward at the Melbourne Storm. He was um, arguably the best forward in the comp. At the Melbourne Storm, but when then he was at the Storm. But then he played three years for the Tigers, and they were terrible. They he were terrible. was up there with the worst forwards in the comp. They didn't know how to use him. Now he got reinvented, if you will, at, at Brisbane under Wayne, uh, and he he's, he's obviously he plays a very strange sort of prop role. He's a bully. He's a bully in the middle. He's aggressive. He runs clean out of the line. He he also likes to run very like he he will get those players those you know this is your man today, and he'll pick on them the entire game. He'll stick to them like glue. He's the kind of guy that, if you play him right, he's that uh, that kind of danger man, that the 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 game breaker, but in a in a more of a off the ball role. You know what I mean? Like, which concerns me. I think if you have a have a player like that around, a hot head, a, a thug, if you will, yeah, thug. Yeah. yeah, I think you need a few more experienced, level headed forwards to bring the rest of the young guys down. I feel like if you throw Adam Blair in amongst these. You know, pack of chickens that are the yeah. forwards at the moment. Not to say they're chickens. It's just no. that's the that's not the to say that, that's not, the idiom. Not to say that Adam Blair's a fox either. No, not to say <laughs> that he's a fox, but he, you know, good-looking man. Uh, yes, yeah. not bad looking. But anyway, I digress. I've strayed from my idiom. But anyway, if you throw you know a hot-headed Adam Blair in there amongst a younger forward pack, and he goes out and starts doing some of his dirty work, and there's no more experienced older forwards to help rein the young guys in, does that then? becoming out of control yeah and do we become you know the next west team of the 70s which at the time great yeah but you can't slap anymore no that's right the slap's gone the slap's out of the game it's terrible um but yeah i know what you mean and uh that's what you get with those loose cannons uh of, of fours you sort of it was the same it was the greg bird story you know what i mean like you know that he's going to come in with these sort of errors and penalties conceded but you still got him because every team likes to have someone like that that the other team hates to play because he's a real bastard. Actually, we've got to watch out for another one of them this week in Kenny Edwards at Parramatta. There was uh he did something to someone last week that some people were saying should have had him put in jail on the field. What what did he do? I don't know. I think it was a Oh, I remember what happened. A player got knocked very hard, went to ground, he'd been knocked out. Oh, and he did and, the uh, jump he on. He came hit. in and he did the dive and you know, he into his defense said I was just securing the tackle, whatever. Swinging blah, blah, blah. arm. But anyway, he's one of those kind of Adam Blair-esque almost like a, an instigator yeah. in the ice hockey the bloke who comes on he'll niggle you and niggle you and then you throw a punch and well, he's already thrown three that the refs didn't see but you get sent off speaking of those players that used to like you know hit players when they're already on the ground I remember Daryl Broman telling a story right when they brought the uh, the flop rule in and uh, he was he was penalised twice in a row for flopping on a All tackle. Oh, he was Daryl Broman and flop. <laughs> yeah, and he was flopping on the tackle, and he looks up at the referee and he says, "Mate, I'm getting there as fast as I can." <laughs> it was um, oh. but, but that's a, that was a different time. Great different. story, big man. If you're listening, good to have you here, mate. As he always does. Uh, the avid listener, avid listener. Now, well, that points. If if you don't think Adam Blair is is a prop that we need, what's do you think we go back to Jimmy Graham because he looks like a, he's a lot of pressure on him. He's going to be up for close to a million dollars a season at the Dogs and, and I think the only reason he's still there or that hasn't confirmed to another team is because of Dez. 
I don't think Des is going to be there next year. No, look, I think the dog's ship well and truly is sailed. I think you'll see some players start to try and get out. The foreign thing doesn't seem to be going well at the Warriors, so some players will be concerned about what level he's going to bring to the club. You know, I think you might maybe see James Graham coming our way, which would be phenomenal. I think he'd be a bit better for Adam Blair because he's got a bit more on the leadership side. Yeah. Um, a lot more off the field. A like- lot more off the field. He'll work very, very closely with the young blokes and he'll bring them up with good habits where, you know, Adam Blair will do great work on the field. And like we said, he'll, he'll niggle some players. He'll force some errors. He'll get some teams exasperated, but his leadership skills on and off the field might not quite be where James Graham's are. They, where they, he's one of the great leaders of the comp. Where they, yeah, they complement each other in very different parts of the game, I think. Actually, that'd be a good front row pairing. James Graham and Adam Blair. Just those two together. Well, look, that'd look, be a great front row pairing. Look at the possibility. Like Adam Blair's not necessarily a guaranteed prop. Uh, I think he comes off the back of a very strong uh, a ball running um, team in, in the Broncos. So he could easily play in the back row and do the same role. I think he's very dangerous. Well, as he did when he was well. at Melbourne, most of his time was uh, in the back row running the fringes, I believe. Mm. Very similar to like a Glenn Stewart. I also had one of the greatest rugby league fights. Yeah, the Glenn Battle Stewart. of Brookvale. They could never have more swung more and hit less. Uh, you know? Absolutely not. <laughs> not one thing landed, but it was still one of the, marvelous to watch. It's like my dating record in my mid twenties. <laughs> Swing and a miss. So many swings and so many misses. <laughs> a few marriage proposals in there, I think, as well. <laughs> yeah, they were the biggest air swings of all. <laughs> but uh, I think it's um yeah look we're we're in the market we're in the market we're, and also now when we, when you look at the signings that we have. Um, players aren't making that leap to say they're coming to the Wooden Spooner side. Suddenly we're a team that's winning a few games with the team that we currently have. And the team's going to be remarkably better next year. So it's like, um, you know, who wants to jump on the on the train? Um, rather than... Me, uh, I do. <laughs> we're All al- stations, I'm going, I'm taking the ride. We're already on there. Yeah, uh, no, it- absolutely. I'm the conductor. <laughs> <laughs> now, Liam, uh, how's your sack looking this way? Great, but do trains still have conductors or are they drivers now? They don't really have conductors. Well, I, you know when you hop on a train yeah. and you hear the, like... Uh, this is the all service stops to the. That's actually the train guard that's speaking from the back of the train. I oh, from the back. I thought it was the driver. From the I front. thought it was the driver. And well, I thought, you see the inner city fancy Sydney trains now. That's all a machine. It's a lady machine. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's. Yeah. that's but Do like, they have a driver. Well, I think they're still. I don't know. The, the Sky Train in Vancouver has no driver. You can sit in the front seat where the driver normally would be. It's great. You feel like you're the driver. Really? But it's a weird automatic robot train. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. I went on a steam train in, in Tasmania once. Uh, they only have steam trains in Tasmania. That's all they have. That's all they have. That's and they don't have a microphone. They were showing it off to Nagy. It, like it's you, you got to explain it, Nagy. They'd only just got it. They, First steam engine they've ever seen. They heard but Nagy's was, arrived. They heard I was from the mainland, and they said, "Hey, check it out." You know, he arrived um, on the tin crane. <laughs> <laughs> was that the aeroplane, the yeah. tin crane, or is it just a crane that transports people from Melbourne over to Tasmania? It could be either. It's not very far. It's not. You can see it. It's you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> what was your question before, Nagy? Oh, I was just saying, do we have any other questions from uh, from? We do. From now, the sack? small sack today. Little sack. But well thought out questions, listeners. Are very good questions. First one comes from, comes from Liam Bones-Jones, Group 2 legend, Coffs Harbour Comets player. Uh, another great win by the Knights. Uh, but seriously, how bad are the Warriors? Roger Tuovasa-Sheck, Foran, Johnson, who was out injured, obviously. Isaac Luke. Ryan Hoffman, Ben Madalino, to name a few. They should be a powerhouse. Yeah. Stephen Carney obviously can't coach. Thoughts? Well, I've, like, I've, I've been a very heavy critical critical um, voice of, of Stephen <laughs> Kearney saying that, he, saying that he can't coach and I don't know why they've got him. But um, 
But I don't think he's much of a player either. Anyway, um, he this- was a brilliant player. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think so. Anyway, but look, the 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 purpose is that they that team, the Warriors, much like a lot of teams going around, are going to be work. This was their their year, the year to push. Look at the side they have. They'll think surely they had to make the eight at least. Um, and but next year they're going to have to shred some players. You know, they're still going to have Sean Johnson, but they're not going to have Kieran Foran. Um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek has been a bit of a flash in the pan, not really doing that much. Isaac Luke, another year older. Can he still? You know, is he still that man that they're paying a lot of money for? These are people that these are teams that invested heavily in buying, um, buying uh, talent, buying talent, buying and investing it heavily in you know just thinking well this is this is um, these are their go to guys and it hasn't worked out for them. Um, teams like the Knights, um, you know, mind you, we're on the bottom, we're we're firmly on the bottom and we're fighting not to get the spoon, so we 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 shouldn't talk too early and it's a long season next year and what can happen. But what we've done, we've put a lot of faith in players that have been around the club for a long time, that want to play for Newcastle, that have proven themselves for Newcastle. And uh, sure, we're going to sh- we're gonna shred a lot of players too, but we're, we're going to bring a side in that complements the the existing uh, players that are in form. Which for me is the strangest thing about the Warriors because you want to talk about developing, you want to talk about building a club. The Warriors' 20s had a few years where they were just unstoppable. They, they clearly had a very, very strong junior base. Yeah. So clearly something at the top wasn't working because you either weren't bringing these kids through to the first grade, to the top grade, in good form or they were getting shipped off to other teams well, they, so that kind of points to the top and they've got a history through their last few coaches who just yeah they've and they've literally been shipping them because that's absolutely. the only way they can get over to the again, mainland they, they, yeah, they really need to build an airport over there <laughs> they've like got cranes again <laughs> um, but like it's a, it's one of those things I think uh, New Zealand have suffered from much similar to uh, the Newcastle recruitment problem of we have all this talent um, that we can't we can't keep all, can't of, keep them. all of them because um, because yeah you know, it's it's the lure of going to Sydney and getting for the big bucks has just been too much. See, if they built a wall, yeah, yeah they yeah. wouldn't have that problem. No, that's right. That's that seems to be. Also, working. I think Stephen Carney just Stephen Carney just isn't a very good coach. No, he's just not. He's very actually good coach. well. I was reading his statistics. So obviously, Brownie's only had four wins of his last forty-seven games. His yeah. NRL coaching record is still up around 43, 43. From all their time in uh, St. George, yeah. Yep. Uh, Stephen Kearney has been coaching first grade for a long time. I think he's around 27%. He's a terrible, terrible coach. I think he had two years with the spoon at Parramatta. Yeah. The next club he went to, I'm pretty sure he got a spoon. And now. He got picked to a New Zealand coach over Wayne Bennett. But then he (laughs) won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I forgot about that. I don't know. It's this weird thing where he won one World Cup with New Zealand. All these clubs are saying. Yeah, he's all right. He won one, and then everyone was like, "Yeah, it's good enough." <laughs> it's not good enough. It's not good enough, and it's pretty proven. But he's yeah. not, he's not alone. The dogs are also going to like struggle to have this um, side as well. Look at the it's got you can go right up the um, right up the the comp ladder, and you can see players that that see teams that that don't. This is meant to be their year, and they're not performing. So yeah, good and question. this wasn't meant to be our year, and, and we, we seem to be performing at the right side at of the, the season. right side of the season. Because if we won four games in the beginning of the season and none at the back end, you know, that would be a waste. That would be a waste, and we'd be going the wrong direction. So good question. And we're going the correct direction. Yes, good question, Jonesy. Now, Nick Milligan asks uh, our next question from our dear friend from his other podcast, mm-hmm. Coming Attractions. Give it a listen. Nick asks, Brad Arthur composed a letter to employers to get Eels fans off work early to make the game. It seems only fair that Nathan Brown composed a letter to the employers of Knights fans to give them the entire day off work to get on the train down to Sydney, smash some sherbets in a local watering hole and get into ANZ <laughs> Stadium for this pivotal grand final replay. Yeah. Which you'll recall, obviously, 2001, one of the great grand finals of all time. Absolutely. What are our thoughts on that, Nagy? Yeah, well... Um... 
look, I think anyone that uh, keeps their worker uh, the, to at work and doesn't let them go down and see the Knights versus Parramatta is a bum. And you can <laughs> tell that to Blakey on Friday <laughs> afternoon, right? No, no, I think it's a look. It, like uh, that's an interesting thing, and I think they're really struggling for for numbers, and they're a team that's performing. But I, I'm, it's a very strange move from a from an NRL coach or a, an NRL club to to put that out because look, it, it reeks of desperation, doesn't it? But also, it's also like they've been given the graveyard. A game that we've been talking that no one goes to. It's a ridiculous game. I mean, especially if it's in Sydney, you can't go home, get changed, get your kids, and go to the game by six o'clock. Who the hell is going to this goddamn game? Unemployed people. <laughs> How can they afford the tickets? They can't. It's exactly. It's, it's, it's a fallacy. It's the a, only people who can actually get to your game are the only strata of society who can't afford to attend. Yeah. Look, the NRL's got a long, long line of um, just making games that people will watch on TV, but not actually watch like mm. uh, live. They're, they're making the TV thing too accessible and too. That's who they're catering to. Like, why would? Oh, you- wait. Let's not talk too much shit on TV right now. Okay. Okay. But, uh, but also, like, it's something a problem the Knights haven't had because the Knights. Um, fans keep showing up. Oh, isn't it tremendous? Eleven, uh, yeah, eleven thousand plus for the game on the weekend again. Yeah, about twelve. This yeah. is the team coming last. It has been coming last. And for I got to say, you know time. what? I get a new hats off. Uh, hats back on all you Sydney fans who claim to be such wonderful fans of your team, but yeah. getting what seven thousand, eight thousand again? Piss off, fair weather fans. Yes, and and the rain's coming. The and rain's coming. Red and blue. <laughs> no. Red and blue, like the Pasha Bulka rain. That's it. That's it. Um, well, I think Elliot Jones had a question as well. Did he, Elliot? If you got a question, can you text it into us? <laughs> no, Was it? He, he posted it. Did he? I didn't see it. <laughs> nope. Didn't he? No. Well, maybe he deleted it. You might have deleted Elliot. If you uh, know what the question was, hit us up. Yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> we, we're here. It would have been a good question. Probably would have. That's Probably unfortunate. We'll, we'll answer it next week. If that's we'll answer it next week. Yeah, no. It's, um, how are we doing for time? Oh, my thing's gone off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, we, we, we better jump into our favourite segment, Liam. And uh, <laughs> what is it? I think I know what this is. And uh, Liam's been doing a lot of digging around lately. And uh, he's 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 uh, he's found a little bit of a, a, a niche bit of information about a player that used to play for the Knights and what we'd like to call a blast from the past. Yes. Now this player is a former Knight, also a former Dragon, and also formerly played for another club, uh, which I can't remember who was it. Do you remember? I think it was oh, Panthers. Played for Panthers. Panthers played for the yeah. Panthers as well. Now this player, a Knights favourite, the fans yeah. loved him. Vice, uh, ca- vice captain. For vice a few captain years. for a few years. Where's Naguama? Um, and if you find him, please let us know. Give us a call. We're very concerned. No one's seen him. He's, no. gone, he's gone off the Where's planet. Where's Naguama? Where's Naguama? Please let us know. We're very worried. <laughs> thank you very much, Justice, for listening to that. And thank you, Liam, for the shortest ever blast from the past. Um, but well, all, he's missing. He's terrible. missing. He's missing. No one's seen him. It's crazy. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, Justice. We all love doing this, and we love doing it so much more when... Uh, when, the, when our team's winning, it's a real pleasure. <laughs> but uh, please keep an eye on us for uh, for all the things we put out on <laughs> Facebook and SoundCloud, as well as iTunes, all the social pipes, including our recently activated and highly offensive Twitter, yes. Just1988. We'll get for that Twitter handle when you're the out there. Just1988. Yes. Feel free to tweet us. And is that what happens? People tweet yes. in and then we tweet back. And I reply. And you reply. Liam's in charge of that, so... Keep it, you know, keep it uh, civil because Liam gets on there very late. <laughs> Liam, thank you very much for joining us. And Pleasure as it always is, Maggie. <laughs> and thank you very much, Justice. We'll catch you next week.